I've invited them to come join me so that in case you don't like what I have to say and you decide to, to rush up here, you've got to get past them. We'll jump in front of the tomatoes. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> now we have some we want to um, we want to share. Obviously, that's why we're up here. Uh, but let's let's pray, and we'll get started. We'll continue. Not that we're going to get started because we've already been started. All right, Father, thank you so much for this wonderful, wonderful and beautiful Sunday morning. We thank you for this time that we can come together as your people to worship you to honor you, to bless you, and to come together to serve and to encourage one another. And I thank you, Father, that you have called us to effective ministry, serving you to see your kingdom expanded here on the earth. We love you so much, and we thank you for the calling, the purpose, the relationship we get to have with you. And I pray this morning, Father, that we would be encouraged and challenged and motivated to continue to move forward to more effectiveness in serving you. And we thank you, Father, that just as Jesus told his disciples that he no longer calls them servants but friends, we thank you, Father, that you desire to move into a friendship relationship with us where you want to reveal to us your plans so we can choose to partner with you and participate in what you're doing. We thank you, we honor you, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, um, I just want to share, a number of you have already heard some of what I'm going to talk about, talk about our vision, where we're going as a church, our purpose. And for some of you who are new, this will be new to you. Uh, but we want to kind of catch everybody up to speed. First of all, you've heard me share before that what is our purpose? Why do we exist? Why do we exist as this church? Can anybody tell me? Okay, that's all part of it. But we exist. Bettina, go ahead. Exactly, thank you. To love God and to make him known. That's the the basic bottom line. We exist, we are here on this planet, to love God, to know him intimately. And then we are called to facilitate relationship between God and man. John chapter 17, verse 3, Jesus said, this is eternal life. See, we think eternal life is going to heaven. That's part of eternal life, and that will continue eternal life when we pass out of this life and we go on to be with him. That continues eternal life. But eternal life starts the moment we're born again. And Jesus said, this is eternal life, that they, talking about us, may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So eternal life is to know God. And that word know is intimate, knowing him intimately. So we exist to know him intimately. And we know the Bible says in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37, when someone asked him, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus said, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. To love God with everything. So this is why we exist. To love him with our whole being and to know him. Amen? And then in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Verse 18, it says, Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Christ Jesus 
and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Now, who is he talking to? He's talking to those in verse 17, who it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Behold, all things have passed away, and all things have become new. So if you're in Christ, if you're born again, then these next verses are talking to you. Starting with verse 18, it says, Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself, excuse me, to himself through Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. So I'm sure you've heard it before. Just want to remind you again that if you're born again, then you are called into full-time ministry. Amen? You are called into full-time ministry. Now, see, we have to get the thinking out of our minds that full-time ministry is only being a pastor or being an elder or being a missionary. You know, we limit what full-time ministry is. Full-time ministry is embracing the call to reconcile people to Jesus. That's full-time ministry. Every Christian is called to that. It's going to look different. Some of us will be standing behind a pulpit. Some of us will be on the foreign mission field for the rest of our lives. Some of us will be professors at OSU. Some of us will be uh, janitors somewhere. Some of us will be working at a gas station. Some of us will be full-time at home raising up godly sons and daughters. It's going to look different, but we are all called to full-time ministry. And that's something that we need to realize. So I would encourage I'd like you to say this. Put your hand on your chest and say, I, I am called into full-time ministry. And by the grace of God, I will fulfill that ministry. Amen. Congratulations. You've now been inducted to full-time ministry. So if you've ever doubting, you know, so when people say, you know, I feel, I feel like I have a calling on my life. Yes, you do. And a lot of times when we hear people say that, they feel like they're called into maybe the preaching ministry or the pastoral ministry. And that's okay. We just want to settle that for sure. All of us are called into the full-time ministry. Amen? And so this is our purpose, to know and to love God and to introduce and reconcile people to himself. Now, there are two things that the Lord has shared with us over the years that he is wanting to do in this place, in this house, and that's to develop two cultures. One is a culture of honor where we love, we learn to love one another as Jesus has loved us. Because he said, this is a commandment I give to you, love one another as I have loved you. And see, because we know we're supposed to love each other. We know that as Christians, we know I'm supposed to love my brother and sister. I know that. But he wants to teach us how to do that on, on a level where we're actually doing it practically. So he wants to develop a, a culture of honor where we truly honor, because see, if all of us are called in the full-time ministry, which we are, and if I'm just looking out for myself, and then I see a brother over here who has a gifting, who has an anointing, I can become intimidated by that, and my desire can be to kind of push him down or hold him down instead of pull him up and support him. Are you hear what I'm saying? In a culture of honor, Our desire is going to be to encourage and build one another up so each and every one of us can be successful in what God has called for us. 
And that's what God has been doing, and that's what he's continuing to do in this place. There are many gifted people in this body. Matter of fact, there's about 110 gifted people in this body, in this room. We're all called. We've all been equipped. But we need, God wants to develop an environment to where we can be fully equipped and trained and encouraged to rise up and be powerful as he's called us to be powerful. You say, what do you mean by being powerful? Well, wouldn't you consider the power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead powerful? And do you realize that that power dwells within you? Why? Just to let him be in there? Or to allow him to powerfully flow through you to impact people's lives? Amen? Amen? So he's called us to be powerful people for his kingdom. To do powerful things. Amen? You guys have anything to add to that? Well, I just wanted to add very boomingly. (laughs) You know, I think it's so important. I'm a foundations person. My first love is foundations. Because I want people to have a strong foundation. If you don't have a strong foundation, it doesn't make any difference what you build on it. It's not going to stand. And so we need to have strong foundations, and that's what we're talking about here this morning. We're going to be leading into, uh, you know, kind of the thesis of our effort over the next three weeks uh, on Wednesday night. But it's so important to have a strong foundations. And part of the foundation that, you know, really kind of from, from a uh, disappointment standpoint that the church and religion in general has really kind of promoted and it's really just kind of an elementary thing, is the concept of the grace of God on people's lives and the various giftings and things they've been called to do. And it's been elevated even above God himself. My goodness, folks. What you see in the way of people that have abilities or things in the kingdom of God is not them. It is the anointing upon their lives that God gives by his grace. And for man to take that and use that and promote himself in that is hubris. It's pride. It's foolishness. And it's foolishness for the body of Christ to elevate those gifts to a place that you esteem them above the Almighty One who gave it to them. Those gifts are for one purpose only, and that is exactly what Pastor CJ is trying to bring forth here, to equip the saints to be a particular part of the river and current of the anointing of God that will effectuate the presence of God in people's lives and their their maturity. It is not to elevate people. It is not to create a place for them so that they can get money or power or influence. And I say all that because it's a particular passion of mine. I know that I am what I am by the grace of God. Paul, one of the greatest revelators in the entire Bible, and really as far as we have proof upon the page anyway, in terms of revelation and the things that the Spirit of God would teach him and bring him into, because why? Because he applied himself, and because the grace of God was upon him to learn those things, he even said, but for the grace of God go I. And he came to the place to where he said, let everything perish. You know, I'm going to extol in my weakness because when I am weak, then I'm strong. In other words, what he's saying is it all comes down to one thing in my life, uh, brothers and sisters. It's the grace of God. 
When you boil it down to the residue, it's the grace of God that I want to have there. Forget everything else. And that's Paul talking, dear Lord. People, I mean, mighty miracles and mighty things that he brought forth. And I say all this for one reason, and that is to promote the concept that Pastor CJ is trying to bring forth, and that is your value as a member fitly joined in the body of Christ, both locally and globally. Is your value in the grace of God that he has apportioned to you according to his will is what the word says. It's according to his will that he has given you what you have. If you don't like it, go to him. And he ain't going to change it. Because guess what? He made you the way he wanted you to be. My goodness. God didn't call you to be me. He didn't call you to be someone else. He called you to be you. And just like the prophet of old said, in your, in my mama's womb, he called me and saw me. And that's what I want to share with you all, the value that each of you all have that is equal with anyone else that would stand here, that is with equal with anyone else that would have an uttering ability or an ability to bring forth the anointing in a way that you've never seen before. It doesn't matter, folks, because that's a grace that God particularly puts upon their lives. And it's equal in value to God that you learn about the grace of God that you have and that you get plugged in for it to be fully applied. Amen? Because guess what? When it all comes down to the final bell toll, we're all going to get the same wage. That's what the Word of God said. That's what my master's red letter and my Bible and your say, words say. When it all comes down, even the people that come in, Pastor CJ, that even me sometimes that can tend to be the elder brother in the experience of the parable of, of the Good Samaritan because I've not known a life rebellious to God. I've tried to work my, be in my father's uh, uh, business and his kingdom and doing the things. But you know what? It doesn't matter because it's the his love that matters. It's His grace that matters. And when the final bell is strung at the end of this time, you know, and eternity is called to order, it's going to be the same wage that's handed out, Cornell, to that person that comes in at the midnight hour, as it is what will be for me that's not, that's never known anything different but God in my life. Y'all see that? I, my mind doesn't comprehend that because guess what? My mind's been conditioned for merit. My mind's been conditioned to earn. But in the kingdom of God, you don't earn a blooming thing. Nothing. It's like what one minister said. He says, really all we deserve is a swift kick and two quick slaps. And that pretty much daily. And I I deserve that sometimes, Pastor CJ. I really do. I'm like, dear Lord, thank God you don't swift kick me and slap me a couple times. I deserve it. But for the grace of God. So... Can, can we elevate your eyes to your creator? You know, I like what the, the verse says of old. It says, does the, does the clay or the pot say to the maker, what have you made? Love that scripture Cornell says. I do too, brother. The reason why is because it shows, it's a microcosm of exactly what we do a lot of times when we denigrate ourselves. And we, we devalue ourselves. I don't have much to offer, Pastor CJ. Brother Cornell, I have nothing to offer. I can't get up there in front of people and speak. I can't 
I can't stand kids. I can't serve and live and, and, and work in the, in the children's ministry or I can't whatever. It's I can't, I can't, I can't, I don't, I don't, I don't. And then it's I won't, I won't, I won't. And it's just as good as the pot saying to the creator, what have you made? You don't say that. Amen. Y'all see what I'm saying this morning? So I'm just going to get back on on here, but the, I'm trying to 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 support what Pastor CJ is bringing forth, and that is your value as members fitly joined, and that you do have something to offer, and that you are made in the image of your Creator, and that He has graced you according to His will, and that's something to shout about. Hallelujah. Uh, to continue with the theme here. Um, Whenever I talk, most of the time I'm going to get around to some kind of sports analogy. Um, that's just who I am. That's, <laughs> that's how I am wired. Um, but as we were discussing these things, um, the Oklahoma City Thunder came to mind for me. <laughs> All right. So I got some witnesses in here. You know, but really, what is the ultimate goal of the Oklahoma City Thunder. You think they're fine with winning a bunch of regular season games and, and losing in the playoffs? But what, what is their ultimate goal? It's, it's what they've been built to do, right? How, how, would you believe they've been built to win a championship? And they've got some studs to do it, don't they? And who do we think is going to carry them to the championship? What's the first name that comes to mind? Okay, second name. Okay, is there a third? Serge Ibaka. All right. <laughs> those are the, those are the studs that everybody believes in. All right. But stud number three is gone now, right? Uh, last year, stud number two was gone, right? <laughs> All right. Now, notice what happened when Westbrook wasn't here. The uh, beginning of the year, they had like the best run they've had ever because of what the guys down the bench, the guys you don't think of the being the ones that'll take you where you need to go. They all stepped up. They were forced to rely on those guys in a way that they didn't want to have to rely on them, but they did. And guess what it did? It made the team stronger. It made the team better. Those guys got minutes. They got put in situations that they weren't comfortable being in, that they weren't used to being in. But you know what? It's going to happen the same way this year with Serge Ibaka being out in the playoffs. The Stephen Adamses of the world are going to have to step up. Kendrick Perkins is going to have to step up. Collison, all these guys are going to have to step up because you know what? As great as those three studs are, they can't win a championship by themselves. It takes a team to do that. And that's what we're endeavoring to do here. Basically, in a nutshell, to put it in my sports analogy mind, is that we're building, trying to build a championship culture for the kingdom here. And if we want to win championships for the kingdom, it can't just be everyone, every third person or a couple of people here and there that are on fire for God that believe and trust the grace of God that is in operation in their lives. It's going to have to be the whole team. And, uh, and, and the culture is going to have to be built to where it doesn't matter what your role is when it's time for you to step up. 
You step up and the kingdom wins. Amen? That's all I got to say. And so now because of that, the Thunder will win the championship. This year. <laughs> I'm prophesying. <laughs> so the two things that God's doing specifically, building a culture of honor. And the second thing is, is building a culture of expectation. Where we expect, when we come here on Sunday mornings, we expect to meet with God. We expect God to change our lives. Amen? Not just the time when we come and we just go through the routine, we go through the motions over and over, but we expect to truly meet with the real God who's going to change our lives. And we expect to see the supernatural power of God not only operating in this place in a greater way, but in through your lives throughout the week. That's his purpose for us. Do you realize that? Jesus said, amongst one of the things, amongst the many things he said, one of the things he said, those who believe in me, the miracles that I do, shall they do also. How many of you believe in Jesus? And he says, though, when he says those who believe in me, he's talking about those who continue to believe in me. How many of you are continuing to believe in Jesus? Raise your hands. Now, those of you who raise your hands, then he also said to you, greater works shall you do. Greater works. And that's not just on Sunday, but that's on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So Jesus said, you know, when I return, will I find, will the son of man find faith on the earth? God wants our faith to be in alignment with him and believing and agreeing with what he said we're supposed to do. Jesus also said, these signs shall follow those that believe. They, and the last thing is on that list is, they shall lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. So we expect to see the manifold, the manifest power of God increase in our midst here and in our individual lives. And so anyway, so those are two things that God is developing, a culture of honor and a culture of expectation. These are two values that we at NCF, uh, two, two of our major values are relationship. Relationship with God and each other. And the second thing is the presence of God. The presence of God, because we believe that God's presence can change anything and everything. Without his presence, without his grace, nothing's going to happen. Amen. Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. That's why we spend extra time. That's why we, we put emphasis on our worship. It's not, you know, the stars. It's not the people. It's not the songs we sing, but it's the one we're singing to. Because he said, you know, as, as, as Caleb was talking about this morning, when two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in, in their midst. And the Bible also says he inhabits the praises of his people. So what, what Caleb was talking about this morning is that even though God is omniscient, he's omnipresent, he's uh, omnipresent, he's all over the place, but there is a special manifestation that he reserves for those that worship him. When a body of believers come together and worship him, there's a special manifestation of his presence and grace that resides. And he's inviting us to invite him into that environment. So that's why, so when we have our time of worship and singing, it's not just because that's on the agenda and we've got to sing our few songs to make God happy, then we can move on. That's not our heart. Our heart is we want to just get in his presence, love and worship him because he's worth it. And because I expect him, I want to open my heart to allow him to have his way in my life. 
And we know the Bible talks about the soils, the, the, the different types of soil. And you have to have the right kind of soil for the seed to grow. If my heart is hard and crusty, then the seed that he wants to implant from the word is not going to grow. And so we believe that during times of worship, particularly, it can make our hearts fertile. It can make our hearts pliable. So when the word of God comes forth and is planted in my heart, then it's going to bear fruit. Amen. And so we're saying all that to say this, that our desire, our number one desire, well, I say number one, I, I don't know if that's the number one, but our a major desire is to see the saints effectively equipped to do his calling, to do his work. And it's important, I appreciate that analogy about the team. It's not going to be just a few people that's going to get it done, but the whole team. For us to accomplish what he wants, it's going to take all of us. And so our endeavor is to be effective in equipping the saints to do the ministry. And it takes everything. And so what we've, we've been on a track for an, a, a number of years now. One thing we've learned and we realize is that for us as a body, as a local family, to be effective, we have to come into alignment. If we all are kind of scattered in our vision, in our direction, in our our theme, our mission, all that kind of, if we're just kind of scattered, if we're all here together and we all have our own mission and vision, all that kind of stuff, we're not going to accomplish, we're not going to be very effective, are we, in accomplishing what we believe God has for this local body. And so we've been endeavoring, God's been moving us in a direction that he wants us to come into alignment so that we can effectively move forward together to accomplish what he has for us to accomplish. You know, every ch- I believe all his, his family, you know, we know that the, the body of Christ, universal or globally, is one body. But there are many expressions, there are many local bodies. Just like in this town, there's probably 50, 60, 70 churches. And the ones that believe in Jesus and are born again, they're part of his body just like we're part of his body. And I believe God's called every single one of his family, um, his family members to accomplish something for his kingdom. We believe that NCF is called. NCF has, has, God has raised this church up to accomplish his specific purpose. And we want to do that. We want to move together. And so what we're going to be doing is introducing, um, it's a class called 101. And basically it's a tool. Now some of you who have been to denominational churches in the past, matter of fact, pretty much all of us have come from denominational churches. Uh, I grew up Baptist. Uh, I know there's a number of us who are Baptist, maybe Catholic, Presbyterian, Methodist, all that kind of thing. And so maybe in, in the churches you've grown up with, uh, grown up in, you might have had a, a new, a new um, not new believers class, but what do you call it? New members. new members class. And the purpose of that class is to to learn what this church is about. What is this church about? What is this church's vision? What is this church's mission? What do they believe in this church? Do they believe in Jesus being the only way to God, or do they believe that there's multiple ways to God? That's important for you to find out if you're going to commit yourself to that body. And see, what can happen, though, is we can assume just because, you know, Cornell's a nice person. He's a nice man. How many of you guys believe Cornell's a nice man? Go heat. <laughs> Go heat. Oh. <laughs> just because people here are nice doesn't mean they have the right beliefs. Right. I mean, I've met some very nice Muslims. 
Very nice Mormons. Very nice Jehovah Witnesses. Very nice people. But that doesn't mean just because you're nice doesn't mean that your belief system lines up with the Word of God. And that is important. And so when you go to these, what was I called? Not new believers. What was I called? New members. New members. Man, I got to get that in my head. New members class. The purpose of that is for that body to introduce themselves to you, the new person. And so you go to that class and you learn and see what they're about. And then you decide, it is upon you then to decide, can I come into alignment with this vision? Do I agree with this doctrine, with what they believe? Do I believe in that? And it's important because if you don't believe in it, then it's like, you know what? This is not the place for me. Even though they they could have all the right doctrine, but the vision that they have may not be the vision that God has placed in your heart. And if that's the case, even though they're a bunch of nice people and they have the right doctrine, they love Jesus, but if they don't have the vision that God has put in your heart, then you need to go to a place where the visions line up. So that you can fully engage and get involved with and pursue what God has called you and that local body to do. Does that make sense? And so that's the purpose of that new member. I almost forgot again. (laughs) New members class. And so we are going to be introducing a one-on-one class. We've been working on forever. Forever. It's like, man, it's time to roll this thing out. And I've recognized in the last few days... And we're going to be talking about the practicals of that a little bit, and then we're going to explain practically how you can get involved with that. But I realized as I've been praying this week, and, and especially yesterday, I was thinking, man, what is my problem? I've, I've had a problem starting this process of, okay, here it is, 101, boom, let's start moving. And I've had a problem because this 101 class is part of the process that God has for us. It's part of the process. It's not the whole process, but it's part of the process. And see, in my thinking, I, I believe it's part of the way I'm wired is I'm gonna, I feel like I need to know the whole process before I start the beginning of the process. And because we don't have, the leaders of this church don't have the full process yet, in my thinking, it's like, well, then we can't start then. Because we can't start until you know everything. It's just like God saying to you, follow me, son. Follow me, daughter. I got great plans for you. Well, God, before I take one step, I want to know everything you got laid out. That doesn't make sense, does it? That's faith. It's I'm trusting him that he's going to take me into and on the way I'm going to grow in that kind of thing. And the Lord's had to encourage me with the same thing. And it even came out. Uh, one of our brothers, Todd, shared, it was through a prophetic word. I can't remember how it came about, but it really impacted me. That we don't have to worry about having Z figured out before we start with A. And that's really brought peace into my soul because I was struggling with that. And so I want to say that this 101 is the beginning, or it's the part of the process that we're going to begin to lay out so that we can endeavor to move together effectively and be, um, and accomplish what God has for us. And getting back to that word alignment, this is the one thing that we've learned and I realize how important it is, is for us to come, it, you know, a quick example, another, a sports out analogy for those of you who like to watch college football or any kind of football, but particularly college football. There are basically two types of offense. There's the, the uh, spread offense where they throw the ball all over the place. And then there's the power hour where they run the ball and, and will shove it down your throat. 
and they just run and run and they, and they, they're powerful. There are teams that are very effective at running the ball and that's all they do. And there are teams, especially some of the teams that do the, uh, wishbone, like I believe it's the Air Force Academy and, and some of those schools that they run the ball. They run it about 90% of the time, throw up 10% of the time. Then there's those like Oklahoma State that throws the ball about 90% of the time or, well, maybe not that much, but they throw it more often than they run it. Two different philosophies. If I'm a gifted runner, and I believe that God has gifted me to run, and I'm being recruited by these two major powerhouse schools, one's a running school, one's a a passing school, and I go to this coach who's trying to woo me and draw me to his school, and he tells me his philosophy, what am I going to be listening for? Is this a running school or is this a passing school? Because if this is a passing school, then are my gifts going to be utilized effectively? Am I going to be able to truly fulfill my giftings? And that's what alignment is here. Understanding 101 is basically laying out our playbook. So when you come to New Covenant, here's our playbook. We run the, the spread offense. And this we're about championships. We're going to win. Our goal is to win. And so when you take this class and new people take this class, they will begin to understand what we are about here at New Covenant Fellowship. So anyway, so we're... And, I don't want anyone to misunderstand the process here or what we've got. This is not the end-all, be-all of the foundations being developed in your life, but what it will do is is it will give people that come into this church, first of all, to start with everyone, no matter if you've been a member since the beginning of this church or you just came on board today. I mean, you just this is your first time. You want to know where we stand on certain issues, the core issues, the tenets of faith, you know, and things like that. That's what this course is about. And uh, we feel like the Lord is, we've developed this through a process of prayer and a process of, you know, good, healthy conflict at times over issues that are brought forth here. No, there's, there's healthy conflict. There has to be in any organization. You don't avoid conflict. You've got to have it. And so, uh, you know, and so we did. We had a great, you know, a great process here. It's been a while coming. But we do feel like that we have basically a good core of material to present that encompasses kind of an introduction in terms of what the family of God is about, you know, uh, generally and then locally, how that, how you become a part of that family. Then we move into the foundation, you know, our tenets of faith, our courses, you know, beliefs, the non-negotiables. We don't negotiate that there is but one God. It's Jehovah God of the inspired Bible. Amen? We don't negotiate that Jesus is his only begotten son, and he is the only way to the Father. Amen? See what I'm saying? That is non-negotiable. We're not going to argue about it. If you don't believe that, then you need to go somewhere else. Yeah, or get saved. Stay here a little bit. And then you'll be converted over to the right belief. <laughs> so that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. That's what the foundations would be. I hope I'm not jumping ahead here, Pastor CJ. Is this okay? And then, then we move into uh, the actual ministries of the church. Because some of y'all may not know certain ministries that actually exist here. Sad to say. But that's the reason why we've got this. 
is to let people know, hey, we've got, you got a ministry for this? Oh, yeah, I didn't know you did that. I didn't, you see what I'm saying? So that's a, that's another reason for this and what we're outlining in this. And so I believe that, like he said, this is an opportunity to bring an alignment, you know, to people in terms of, oh, okay, first and foremost, this is their vision. This is what they're believing God for, why they exist. This is how they're going to accomplish that mission. And these are the, these are the things that we don't negotiate. These are the things that we need to believe together if this is going to work, if we're going to accomplish this. And, uh, you know, it is very much, it's, it is not an, or, this church is not an organization. Sad to say, so much of the emphasis on church in the contemporary day is more about business and organization than it is about the reality of family and the kingdom of God being established. Sad to say. Yes, amen. Because that's what we're about, right, Pastor C.J. Cornell? I mean, let me diminish. Let us diminish so that he can increase. That's what it's about. It is about our Father God and Jesus His Christ and the kingdom of God being established now. Not in the sweet by and by, but right now because the kingdom of God is within us. That's what it says. And so we come together and we are going to participate in this. We feel like that we have a really good uh, scheme in terms of laying this out. And it's going to be a three-week endeavor. Is this okay, Pastor CJ, to just kind of outline it's going to be a three-week endeavor. We are asking that everyone go through it. There's a reason for that. People might say, oh, well, I've been a member for 20. How long has the church been in existence? I'm 30 plus years. Please, we are not denigrating your commitment to this body by asking you to go through this. This is but a small commitment and accountability in my, stand, in my view. To ask respectfully that everyone go through this. Why? Because we want everyone to know where we stand on things. It's very important. And so that whenever a new member comes in and they ask you about 101, you actually say, I've done that. You don't say, yeah, I'm a member here, but I never went through 101. Do you see how there might be an issue with that? You know, so that, you know, we're asking a smaller level of accountability. It's going to be three weeks. I'm going to be rolling this out on Wednesday nights over the next three weeks. Again, it's not going to be the end-all, be-all teaching on all this subject matter. I'm going to give a very flyover as the Holy Ghost leads perspective on certain things, hit key things. But the most important thing is to deliver the framework of this to you all in a three-week period. 45 minutes of teaching at most and 15 minutes of questions. Guaranteed. Unless the Holy Spirit comes upon me so strong and he nails, lays us all out in the floor and we're there all night. I don't know what will happen. But as far as my soul is concerned in participating and leading this, it will be no more than 45. Have I stuck to my word over the two Wednesdays that you all have come, those of you all that come? I said one hour. We start at 7 o'clock. We end at 8 p.m. Right, Pastor C.J.? That's why I've been a man of my word. I will endeavor to be a man of my word above all things. God help me. Unless God changes, unless God changes. That's right, brother. I'm open to however God leads. But I'm telling you, as far as I know, as we stand here now, it'll be one hour, three, one hour total, 
three weeks, no more than 45 minutes of talking head and 15 minutes of questions at the, mo- at the least. And it may be one of them type of deals to where we, I just feel like we've come to a place we can stop and we may have 25 minutes of questions. So I'm just going to say, I'm just, it's very important to have, to have that question and answer. Why? Because people have questions. Now I'm going to tell you right now, there are going to be some questions I won't be able to answer. And I'm going to look to Pastor CJ and say, you got to answer that. <laughs> well, there's going to be things I'm not going to be able to answer. I can tell you that right now. Because I know some of the subject matter we're going to cover here. And it's hard. there's some things there that are difficult. I mean, from a soulish perspective, not to the Holy Ghost. He's a teacher. He knows all things. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so that's what it's going to be. We'll be doing this the next three Wednesdays at 7 o'clock into 8 o'clock for no more than 45 minutes of teaching, 15 minutes of Q&A, okay? And what we'll do is probably spend the first two weeks covering the foundations because there's quite a few of them. <clears throat> and so let me just give you an idea of stuff we're talk, going to talk about. You know, Pastor CJ was saying when Cornell and I were meeting with him about, so brothers, how are we going to roll this out? And cause he was just like, he was just like almost, almost just like growling on this thing, man. Like what, how do we do this? How do we approach this? And Cornell and I were like going, man, these are notes, CJ. We're like, man, it's going to be hard to go, not go overboard because there's so much stuff to cover here. And he was like, okay, good. I'm glad you guys feel that way about it because I'm not seeing it here, you know, as far as like, you know, teaching this, rolling this out. So we're going to talk about things like God, the Trinity, Bible. Is the Bible in the inspired word of God? Salvation, eternity, water baptism, you know, the doctrine of baptisms, what church means, communion, spiritual gifts, stewardship. There's a good term to talk about. End times. Oh, End times. People are going to lose their salvation over their end time doctrines, man. <laughs> it's coming pre-trib. No, he's coming mid-trib. Nah, I tell you, it's post-trib. We just know he's coming. That's where I stand here right now. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt he's coming, and I'm going to line up with the, what the Word of God says. It says he's coming for those looking for his appearing. I confess that all the time. Jesus, I'm looking for you. I'm looking for you. I don't know when you're coming, but you're coming sometime, and I'm looking for you. <laughs> How about morality? Is that something that's pertinent to the contemporary age, especially? My goodness, CJ's shaking his head no. Uh oh. <laughs> See, we already have some dissension. <laughs> yes, sir, brother, it's pertinent. Because we have compromised ourselves on that issue. So, praise the Lord. So we're going to endeavor to roll that out and then talk the last week like I said, as the Lord wills, about our ministries here. And in terms of the core ministries, focus ministries, service, small group, missions. And so that's it in a nutshell, Pastor CJ. I hope that was okay to just go ahead and bring yeah, that out. Definitely. You know, because it, it is important. One of the things in here we'll talk about is our our uh, our government, our church government. How is our church led? Uh, I bet some of you don't even know that. And And if you don't know, it's important to know that so that... Oh, okay, I understand. That makes sense. And it's not like these things, your salvation is determined by these things. Not that at all. But just so you can have an understanding. So if anybody asks you questions, then um, you can say, well, this is how we do things around here. Another thing, you know, there are some controversial things that, uh, I say controversial because people have difference of opinions on them. 
For example, what is our, what, what is our view on women in ministry here at New Covenant Fellowship? And, and, you know, we had a, we intentionally had a conversation with our leadership, uh, a couple of years ago on this very topic. And listen to this. We don't all agree on that topic. We don't all agree on that issue. Some believe women can do this. Some believe women can't do this, that, that kind of thing. But we had to come to a place where can we come together where we as leaders can work together, moving passionately and effectively forward and be okay. Where have we landed on that issue? And so it's important that we understand where we stand on some of these things. Because we've had people leave the church when they found out where we stood on this issue, they left the church. And that's okay because their vision, our vision didn't line up. It didn't have anything to do with their salvation. It's like, oh, you don't agree with us? You must not be a real Christian. Not that at all. Now, if he had an issue with Jesus, then we would have issues with that. And as, as Greg was saying, there are some issues that are non-negotiable. In other words, the Bible, Jesus, God, those things, there's no discussion on those things. But there are some things, they're negotiable. They don't have really to do with your salvation, but it's what we believe in. This is what the direction we've chosen to go. For example, what do we believe about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues? That can be a very touchy issue. Where do we stand as a church on that issue? You come to the class, when you come to the class, you will learn about that. Okay, so it's important and we want to uh, just lay these things out. Um, and as Greg mentioned too, our desire is that everyone in this body goes through this class. So we can all mainly, so we can all become aligned, so we all understand where we are. And you don't have to assume anymore, because I still do this a lot of times. When people walk through that door and they come in this church, I assume that they're in a total agreement with me. I just kind of default to that. And it's like, we can't do that, because that's not necessarily the case. That's really actually not the case. And so we want to know, where do we stand? So if someone asks you, you can say, this is where we, what we believe as a church. I agree with that, and this is where we stand. Okay? Cornell, have anything to add to that? All right. And so um, two ways we're going to offer this. One is we're going to, we're wanting, starting this Wednesday night, we want to invite everyone to come out. And as you leave... Uh, in, in a moment, as you leave, you can sign. Uh, there's, uh, there'll be people with clipboards that you can sign up. There's a couple of clipboards out there because we do want to get a general count, head count. Uh, that's important, especially for child care and that kind of thing. Uh, so we are asking you to sign up also for accountability purposes and everything. Now, if we will also eventually, pretty soon we're going to be offering this on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock. It'll go from 9 to 9.50. Um, and so if for some reason you realize that Wednesdays are not going to work for you, then in the near future, then you can also participate on a Sunday morning. But we we're trying to make this as convenient as possible uh, to get as many people as we can through this and so we can get this thing going. Does that make sense? All right. Um, yes, and starting Wednesday night, it will, we'll meet in here. Okay? All right. Anything else? Yeah, and, and also once we um, once we get this thing going, the plan will be to offer this on a regular basis. So as new people come in, uh, we haven't settled on how often that will be because we were talking about that a little bit the other night. Uh, but but as new people come in, then we want to be able to offer this to them so they can they can become aligned and determine if this is where God's placed them or elsewhere. Just one thing, real quick. I mean, we 
uh, we're asking that the entire body go through this. So everybody needs to go through this. We're asking that as leadership. And uh, so we understand that there's going to be quite a few people matriculating through. So that's why we're going to have it in here instead of in the back. Because we may all of a sudden have 70, 75 people show up. I don't know. But we want to, and also too, we're going to make, we're going to record it. And what we, you know, we were talking about this as leaders, you know, from a perspective of accountability in terms of people actually going through this and then knowing that they've gone through it. We, we are asking that people sign up for it. And because number one, I think it, it's, it's a definite action. For you to sign that you're going to go to it. Number two, it gives us a record to know that you have gone through it. And and so I think it's, we, we thought it was very important that that happened. And that we are going to say that we want you to physically be present at two out of three of the meetings. We know that sometimes it's just not going to work out. That you can be at all three, like these next three Wednesday nights. And it's going to have to be on the <laughs> honor system, but if you can't make it, for one out of the three, then you can participate. They're going to be recorded, and it'll be on the honor system between you and God <laughs> that you actually participated in that in that meeting by way of the of the internet. You know, you listen to a pre-recorded message of it, and so we want you to physically be at two out of the three at a minimum. So we want you to be at all three of them because we want you to be there and be a part of the the interaction. To ask questions. We want you to be there and be physically a part of our family. As we ask questions, we endeavor to learn this stuff together. And, but we know that sometimes schedules are hardship. There can be a hardship there to make all three. So we, we're not hard taskmasters. <laughs> but at the same time, we are asking that you make physically two out of three. So just wanted to, to put that out. And, um, I think that's, I think that's pretty much it. All right. Father, we just thank you for your love and your goodness. We, we just thank you, Father, for what you're doing. And our desire is to be effective for you, serving you effectively, oh God. That's what you deserve, and we want to give you that, Lord. So we just thank you for what you're doing in our lives, in this church, this body. Thank you for your goodness. Lord, we just pray your blessing over every family here, every family represented. We just thank you that they'll go in the grace of God and the peace of God, and they will have wonderful and awesome adventures with you this week. For your glory, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you, and we'll see you guys Wednesday.